I'm, I'm getting right into the podcast again. Um, I think when you stop something for a while, it's hard to start again. But once you do, I feel like it gets easier to go back to doing what you were before. And um, I guess I really like to sort of voice out what I'm thinking, just reflect um, on, I guess, like the past week. Um, and just to like sort of give an update on my life like just for my own sake like I feel like it's good to sort of voice out your concerns your achievements and um, yeah I've just had a colleague who recently just asked me uh, for a bit of um, feedback uh, on how she was going um, she's an intern doctor so um, I've never had a, people ask me for that feedback and I feel like it's very proactive uh, what she's doing because um, I know as part of my residency, I definitely do have to ask for feedback from my colleagues. But that's not till the end of the rotation. So it's a little bit too late uh, to sort of uh, um, put that feedback into action when you're sort of at the end of the rotation. And that's when, you know, you have to ask the people around you to do a survey on you. Um, so it's really good. And I, f- I really admire her for her courage uh, and proactiveness for asking for me for feedback and I and I'm in no way a doctor uh, I'm, I'm a pharmacist uh, we, we have similar knowledges um, but definitely uh, not a doctor but still it's I think it's important to not only ask for feedback from your fellow uh, profession but from the people that you work with so it's been um, I have to say like from the start go of this week um, it's been hectic but um, surprisingly, on like the Monday, Tuesday of this week, um, I was just playing catch up as usual. So Monday is where I sort of try to see all, all the new patients from the weekend. Um, and it's kind of hard for me. Uh, there's not a lot of patients going home yet. But um, because my list, my ward has such a big high turnover. Um, so over the weekend, I lose a few patients. Um and so I come back to like maybe five or six new patients that I haven't seen. And you know, um, not when, when I say not seen, I mean just like patients I don't know. I don't know what's happening with them. I haven't looked at their charts. I haven't uh, done their medication history. Some patients could be quite straightforward. I just never know until I click into the patient and I go through their files. Um, and because I'm sort of doing three teams, uh, generally no from uh, the five weeks that I've been in this ward so far is that the longer staying patients upper GI A and B is I feel like it's more important to see these patients earlier uh, just because they tend to be long stay patients which might mean some people might say well you can do the history later but it means um you know generally the patients in these wars are long stay and that means that they're quite complicated and that's why they are long stay because they're quite complicated because they have complex medication schemes uh, many medical problems and uh, they usually stay for weeks and weeks on end and um, this that I had a patient that had been here for six months um, and just wasn't able to be discharged but he was also not palliative so yeah um been a really big week i had two long stay patients leave uh, which their discharges take a very long time to do um so going back to their missions yeah you never know like what how long a patient will take to admit 
If they don't speak English, it adds to the confusion. If they don't bring in their medicines, also it adds to um, to the length of time that it takes for admission to be done. Some patients choose not to uh, have things uploaded to Right Health Record, which means you can't open their file, and you just you're like going blind. So. Um, yeah, and then the other ward, the third, I mean, not ward, third team that I look after is general surgery. And those patients seem to be less complex usually. I say usually because I do have some complex patients in that ward. They're usually a bit longer staying. Um, but yeah, general surgery, like average time of stay is like less than one day to up to like maybe five, six days. Um, so it's all it's always like a mad mix. You never know which patient, if you're seeing them, uh, they might be going like the next minute. So like it's all very like rush and bush. But if it's, you know, less than one day stay, like there's not much that I could do to change it. There's not, there's not much that they could do to change their regular medication. It's just more like uh, they may not have had a history done or admission, but you do admission on discharge, which is where you don't do the full history, but you just document what medications they may have been on. Um, and a lot of them might not have been on much, so not too fussed. But in saying that, I did have, I do still have a patient that's been there for like maybe two, three days. Uh, and she's on something called a uh, total parental nutrition, or we call it as a TPN. <laughs> um, and so basically, that is um, for people who can't really absorb nutrients, or they can't eat food. Maybe they can't like digest it, or something like that, like orally. So they have to have a way to have the nutrients into their body. So that they're not starving. Um, so this patient actually, uh, I don't know too much about the medication, medical history side, but she has a condition where I think she removed some sort of part of her stomach or gallbladder. I'm not sure, but she's not able to get nutrition from all the nutrients from food. So she uses one of those TPN infusion bags uh, about three or four times a week, and she gets that delivered privately to her house. And then she just puts it in the fridge, and somehow she, I think she has a pick line, which I think is some sort of, um, I think it's more like a cannula. So if you know what a cannula is, it goes into your arm. They last for about three days. Um, so I'm not not super familiar with pick lines, so it would be something worthwhile looking up. But um, pick lines are generally for patients who need something more permanent into the arm so they can always access it and um, you can leave it in for a longer time um, so that is what how they connect the TPN to their body um, so yeah it's very very fascinating but when I find out a patient's on a TPN I do flag I do find it's like something that I need to get onto because uh, they generally need I need to course well I say generally but I've only had one patient that's been you know been on a TPN at home whereas most of other patients start TPN in hospital and it's different I'm not as involved as much um 
like there is a pharmacist in the sterile compounding that looks after TPN, but they still, I guess, like as the ward pharmacist looking after that patient, you would still be involved in facilitating to, and making sure that the patients have their TPN charted um, appropriately. And yeah, I don't, I'm not super familiar. I definitely feel like this is something that I need to look more into. But luckily for me, there are um, nutritionists on site during business hours, and they're pretty good at looking after. TPN side of things I'm just a gentle reminder to the doctors that you know you need to chart this TPN it kind of comes up as a medication but not really a medication I don't know but still I feel like in the end like pharmacy is quite involved in all sorts of things that you think we may not have been even though we're not experts on it uh, I have digressed and I forgot where I was going with this. So um, yeah, so that's like in terms of missions, you never know what kind of patients you have. So even if you just see new patients all day and not discharging anyone, it just feels like the day just goes by so fast. And then you feel like, oh, yes, I have finally got on top of all my new patients. And next minute you get more. So it's just a never ending cycle. <laughs> I am trying to see my patients within if I can within one day like maybe not after like the weekend but I, I don't want them to stay more than a day without having a look at the chart because I know um, just having a brief look helps me to see if they're charted on any regular medications you can it's like um, it's been five weeks but you can kind of tell when patients haven't been charted their regular medications. On a surgical ward that I am on at the moment, um, you can definitely tell because a lot of patients are on antibiotics. So they're on IV antibiotics. Um, they might be charted for some when required paracetamol, oxycodone on endone, which is strong pain relief, um, maybe some ibuprofen, um, something for nausea and vomiting. They're normally on a something to help with uh, preventing blood clots like a noxaparin we normally give the 40 microgram injection just while they're in hospital because they won't be mobilizing as much and a lot of them have surgeries um and so if you see the classic like i don't know if there's like some set that the doctors order but like you go so the injections called claxane you go to the claxane a lot of them have intra-abdominal ab abscesses so they'll have the metronidazole iv intravenous with keftraxone intravenous um there's a common it's just a common combo that i see uh two grams of keftraxone 500 milligrams twice a day of metronidazole the claxane the panadol the ibuprofen and don't the odansetron which is for nausea and vomiting or metoclopramide or whatever their choice is um yeah you see that classic combo um and yeah, if if you see like a patient that's like over 65, 70 and they're not on, you know, anything charter for anything else. I mean, that would be okay. Like those classic things for maybe a young patient, maybe 19 years old. Or how was I think I had a patient 24 today. Like she wasn't on anything at home, but yeah, like if you were um yeah, 24, that's fine. That I'm good with you not having charted anything else. Um, but if you're about like over 65, 70 and you're not on anything, I do have my suspicions. And I do try to dig deeper. Even when they might say they're not on anything, I do do my research, go through the My Health record, use the safe script, which you can look up for Schedule 8, uh, Schedule 40s. And then, yeah, just probe around, look for their meds because 
more often than not, they're on a cholesterol tablet or a blood pressure tablet. I mean, sometimes I am wrong though. So, we had a patient about, I think she's about 63 years old, and、um, she's not on anything. But she is from China, not to be a racist asshole because I am Chinese myself and my mom's from China. But I was just like, huh? How can you not be on anything? <laughs> and like, her blood pressure is steadily increasing while in hospital. So I was like, she must have been on something. But she, because of the language barrier, I'm not able to discern whether she's on anything. And I've had to ask the son who said, He knows his mum's blood pressure is high, but she's not on anything. So, what is this like watching game? It just like triggers me because, you know, like I guess in like when you're,、um, I guess there's this thing where like patients might be like, oh, if I don't measure my blood pressure, I won't know it's high. And, you know, I won't do anything about it because if I don't know. But, you know, like when you go to hospital and we're forever like measuring your blood pressure several times a day, and I see that trend that your blood pressure is steadily increasing over the last five days, it does trigger me to ask the question to the doctors do we need to start some blood pressure medication lowering medicine? I mean, I don't know. As, as my, I don't know what. Doctors do like I feel um at sometimes, like especially because I'm on a surgical ward, they don't want to be the ones changing medicines and things like that. But you know, there's always a reason why patients are in hospital, and I feel like if you're not optimizing the health on discharge, then you know, like we're not just looking after you know one part of the body, like. I feel like there needs to be a focus that, you know, even though you're on a surgical ward and you didn't come in for, you know, untreated hyper- high blood pressure or untreated atrial fibrillation where your heart goes really fast, we can still help with that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel maybe because the doctors are trained in a certain way, or maybe they're registrars. The people who are more senior than them are training them and going, like, oh, you know, this is for their doctor, to, their GP to follow up. But, like, some of the patients stay in for so long that I feel like it's almost bad practice to not treat them while in hospital. But that's my opinion, and, like, that's not, I haven't, I, I can't speak for everyone else, but I just feel like, you know, if you're in hospital, it is a chance where the patient has cared 24 hours. Like, where, like, the, The poor,、oh, I don't say mean type, I don't have worked as a GP obviously, but the GPs can only do so much. Like, there's a, I just feel like there's a risk that there's so much risk of、uh, loss to follow up. I mean, it would have been great to have, you know, develop a project on this, but obviously, I'm not abandoning shift from my safe script project. I mean, this could be definitely like something someone could look up, or someone has probably already done. Like, what is. How, much, how many things on the discharge summary that says GP to follow up blood pressure, you know, like the, the fast heart rate? Like, I just, I just am concerned that, you know, patients will get lost to follow up and then these things don't get actioned. And then, you know, like you have documented it on the paper, so you've covered yourself. But for the patient care and safety wise, have you. You know, you had the opportunity to intervene while they're in hospital, but then you haven't because, 
you're just worried and scared that you're not an expert in like you know cardiology in your heart um you're not an expert in endocrinology like in diabetes and you know thyroid and things like that but um i guess that's where you can ask for the help of the specialist but you sometimes those referrals just do take a very long time and if your patient's only there for a couple of days it makes it really hard um so yeah what was i gonna say i was also gonna talk about like the long stay patient so since i started here five weeks ago everybody told me about the patient that's been there for almost six months when i first started and um i can't say any names but he is the most adorable little old man um and he has his daily walks with the physio around um the ward and he always says hello to everyone he waves to one he's so happy friendly um I don't know he's just like part of the furniture and he has been there since September last year and then um yesterday all of a sudden in the morning I just was like eavesdropping not really eavesdropping but you know sitting down doing my work and I hear the nurses say oh this patient is going home today he's got a bed in rehab and I was like shock horror I was like oh no he's a very very complicated long stay patient um and I was not ready. <laughs> so, basically, so basically, we had to sit down. It took several hours of sitting down with the doctor well, altogether, like amongst other discharges. Um, it took several hours to get prepared, look at his chart, fix it up, start this, start, stop that, modify this, hand over this, you know. It's a very complex patient, and I just want to make sure everything looked good when they transfer. And then, yeah, on top of that, uh, I knew there was a big, huge S discharge coming up today. And we really wanted to optimize her medicines on uh, when she goes home. And yeah, that also took a very long time. <laughs> oh, and oh, I just feel like I was running around all week. I've just been run down. Running around, so I'm running down. Um... But yeah, I feel like it is getting better. I've been trying to aim to go home on time. But failing miserably, but I think it's a little bit better than when I first started. I felt like, oh, I need to see all these patients. I got so many new patients on my ward and I wasn't coping. And I wasn't really asking for help early because, you know, I was just hoping that I'll be able to do it all. But often, like, the discharges go on all day. It's like, you know, bam, 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 quiet, and another bam. And then I try to catch up on patients in the afternoon, and it just gets later and later, because as you know, as I said before, when you feel like you can squeeze in one more remission, like, between 4 and 4.30, which is when I'm supposed to finish, I am so wrong. I'm there till 5.30, and, like... And then I get distracted by other things like, you know, my pager going off saying, no, this discharge medication is ready or like verify all your requisitions, you know, the orders that the nurses do. Um, and yeah, so I'm just like forever checking my messages, writing messages to the team, to my team and like documenting. It's like, I feel like I'm doing everything like three times. So like, what what I mean by that is like I write on my notepad on the laptop so that like my ongoing run sheet for the day I write down all the notes for the patients and then I copy it into the electronic medication record 
and then after that I have to also document a clinical intervention of the things that I want changed and then I also have to copy and paste that into the group chat for the doctors to follow up so there's so many is that four four places that you're documenting so yeah it's a lot of like it's just burdensome and I feel like sometimes there's a risk that I forget something because I haven't like copied and pasted it properly enough so yeah there's lots of it should be faster but I don't feel it is but I have feel I have moved like from using like scrap paper instead I mean I love using scrap paper I just feel it's easier but then I'm the same time I'm wasting a lot of paper and then I'm transcribing from the paper to the notepad on the laptop and then laptop onto the, the ele- ele- electronic medication record and the reason why I don't type directly into the electronic medication record is that I'm forever like you know going back to, I have to click out of it it's like it's not like a pop-up window you gotta close it and then you gotta pop you wanna see notes and like the medication charts and stuff you gotta like click out of it it's just not <laughs> convenient unless you had two screens which I don't uh, anyway I don't know what I was rambling about that may be my week so far I've, I'm actually pretty excited that it's Friday but also a little bit sad because I normally have a one day weekend um, I'm working on a Sunday uh, the whole day so it's been a long week I reckon I would have done about 60 hours like some of it unpaid obviously um, by the end of this week but I tell myself it's worth it for the money um, I've already given away food weekend shifts to my friend but yeah hmm, every two weeks doing a weekend or a public holiday uh, but you know the pay the pay loves it uh, especially I, since I took like a, pay, a bit of a pay cut since I'm not doing all the late shifts anymore sad sad um and fingers crossed like nobody from my workplace listened to this but yeah we had a little mini uh private farewell for one of our medical students today like she's been there since i started and so has the other one that left yesterday um but we didn't have a party yesterday (laughs) because the poor the poor student is gluten cannot have gluten so i think he has celiac disease so i was like planning to bring some like really cute Asian style buns and stuff in but then I was like hmm, you can't even eat that so maybe not <laughs> so yeah um, it's been nice having the small little group of like intern doctors um, in the same room well most of them not the general search they're too busy uh, we even have like a little cupboard full of snacks which we're not supposed to share food but I have been conscious thinking about that and trying to bring things that we that individually wrapped um yeah just conscious of the COVID thing (laughs) and this week I uh 
stole a box of I don't know if it's steel because it's in the staff room for staff to eat I took a box of jets the individually wrapped ones for portion control I put it into our office um and yeah it's just like so handy because you know like uh, I feel like our team works really hard and we I don't know about them but they often I see them eating their lunch in front of the computers and still doing work and I think like that's just the culture but I feel I feel I feel like yeah this is what I vibe with this is the hard-working team that you know that um I had hoped to have in dispensary but often I felt like I was quite alone in that I felt like I worked really hard but then other people were just sort of like cruising and um I mean that's that's my own attitude but I feel like in this team that I am now most of the doctors I work with are quite hardworking, dedicated to their work, you know, and I like that sort of work ethic. Um, I don't know if it's healthy because <laughs> I think a lot of us skipping meals and doing a lot of overtime, but I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty happy aside from being like sometimes overwhelmed. I have started asking for help, which is, you know, has made my life so much easier and I feel like I'm so grateful and hopefully I'll get to the point where someday I'll be able to offer help as well to other people. So um, I'm going to end this rant because I need to go to sleep because I, I felt like I didn't sleep enough yesterday because I came home late from Valentin. Um, but in total, like this has been my reflection on this week. Uh, it's been really busy and challenging at times, but um, I feel like it has been a good week. Like, I feel like... You know, there's been some progress, uh, you know, learning about the different antibiotics and what antibiotics are giving allergies, you know, just looking up drugs that are safe, if they're safe in pregnancy um, and for bre- breastfeeding, no, not for pregnancy, uh, breastfeeding and yeah, like, so I wouldn't see any pregnant or kids because they're just not in my hospital and on my ward. Uh, there's a maternity ward and birth unit which I'm not on so the surgeries that I would see um, I don't know if I mentioned before would be like when you get your appendix out um, if you get your gallbladder removed um, what else is it laparoscopic something hernia repair <laughs> I don't know the names but like yeah I get, get a lot of those like I see a lot of those words colonostomy and things like that so um anyway like it's it's been a nice chat to reflect on work and i hope i can do a bit more of these because i think it does remind me of what i've learned you know and how i'm feeling at the time um and also like in regards to my blog i just don't know i don't feel like my readership is there anymore maybe because i just also stopped writing as much and just like i don't know the i used to like crave I get used to get a spike in views every time I updated, but I think maybe since mm, I've lost my domain, maybe I need to reconnect my blog with a different domain. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know what much difference like the domain that I paid for like made. But yeah, I think like all my links are like broken now, <laughs> apparently to some someone who looked me up on LinkedIn just to find my blog it's a bit borderline creepy but you know LinkedIn is pretty good for like stalking when you know they don't have they're a secretive person 
anyway i rambled on too long have a good night i will talk to you next time and yeah have a great week to those six random people that listen to my podcast